The sermon title this morning is Righteousness by Faith. Righteousness by Faith. Remember in the last study, we studied about the cross, Calvary. The gospel is the cross of Calvary. In other words, within the cross of Calvary, remember, we learned that there is the power of God. Amen? But when we encounter the love as revealed within the cross, then will the grasp of Satan be torn apart. When we see the unselfishness as revealed in the cross, then our shackles of self-seeking will fall off. When we experience a merciful God up there on the cross, then will sin no longer have control over us. Amen? This morning, I believe that the prophetic message that God has given for us in these last days is the message of righteousness by faith. But within the books of Habakkuk and Hebrews lies the command to preach in the last days the message the just shall live by faith. For this is our charge. This is our calling. This is our commission. And as a church, beloved, we have been wandering around in the spiritual wilderness of human works for far too long. But God wants to deliver us from the wilderness of legalism into the Canaan of righteousness by works. So you believe what I'm saying? Let me hear you say amen. Righteousness by faith. Sorry, amen. And as the, Thank you, Brother Leroy. Not works. Keep me on my toes here. Good. Not righteousness by work. Righteousness by faith. Amen. And as the message is preached this morning, the question I'm going to ask you this morning is, do we really want to be set free? Do we really want to have a victorious Christian life? Do you really want to enter into that glorious land of Canaan, that spiritual land of Canaan this morning? Would to God that we will be open to the message that God will have us to hear this morning. Let us pray. Father, again, as your word is open, we humbly kneel before your word in our minds and we pray for your Holy Spirit to help us. Pray that, Lord, we may truly be of humility in our hearts, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at verse 17, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to be going back and forth from the word to the pink paper here. So we're going to go back and forth. But where is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith found? Notice the Bible says in verse 17, for the Bible says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the Bible says that the righteousness of God is found therein. In other words, it's referring to the previous text in verse 16. So within what we studied in the last sermon is found also the righteousness of God. Now we studied in the last sermon that the gospel equals the cross. So in other words, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith is found within that encapsulated within the message of right of the cross of Calvary, which is the gospel. So righteousness by faith is within the message of the cross. Now, 
We're going to look at different things in this text. We're going to look at specifically only in two texts here, 17 and 18. But it says here, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's look at the first word, righteousness. Let's study that word righteousness. Now looking at your papers here, let's look at the text in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says, but seek ye what? What is that word? First, kingdom of God and his what? There's that word. Righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We are told in the Bible that the first thing we want to seek is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is the righteousness of God. And we're going to find out that's the very same thing. The kingdom of God and the righteousness of God are the very two same things. We're going to find that out. But we're talking about that the very first thing that we ought to seek as Christians is supposed to be the righteousness of God. That is what we ought to seek. But unfortunately, there are many Christians today are not, not only not seeking the righteousness of God, according to the Bible, but they're not, even, they're not seeking it firstly in their lives. Now, how many of us think, okay, I need to seek the righteousness of God? It just rarely happens. But the Bible says we ought to seek His righteousness. Now, why do we need to seek the righteousness of God? Turn to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. Turn to Psalms and Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. Why do we need to seek? Why is it so important to God that God says, seek it first? Not only seek righteousness, but seek it first before anything else. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. The Bible says, why do we need to seek the righteousness? The Bible says, in the way of righteousness is what? Life. The way of righteousness is life. In other words, the reason we are to seek righteousness first is because righteousness below equals life. Now what it's talking about here in the Bible is that it's talking about the life abundant we experience in this world, in this life, but also the eternal life the Bible is talking about. So righteousness equals life this morning. And do we need life this morning, beloved? What else is the righteousness of God? Turn to the book before in Psalms chapter 119. Psalms 119, verse 172. As we go through our Bible study this morning, Psalms 119, verse 172. Righteousness equals life. 119, 172. What else is righteousness? The Bible says, my tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are what? Righteousness. The Bible says that God's commandments are righteousness. In other words, the righteousness of God are also his commandments. But the righteousness of God is not letters 
written on a piece of paper or tables of stone like the Ten Commandments are written. The word righteousness means right doing. Therefore, the righteousness of God is the complete fulfillment of all the commandments of God that's written on tables of stones and pieces of paper or books that we read. The righteousness of God fulfills all the requirements of the commandments. And therefore, we ought to seek that. Now, people talk about being saved and going to heaven and getting to those heavenly gates. But what is the requirement in order to get into heaven? According to the word. Turn me to Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. How is one saved? That's the question this morning. How are we saved? Every Christian should ask this question, or even non-Christian, how can I be saved? That's the question. Revelation 22, verse 14. Let's see what the Bible says. The Bible says, Blessed are they that do his what? Commandments. That's what they that do his commandments. That's righteous. Do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of what? Life. The tree of life, if eaten, gives you eternal life. Eternal life they're going to get. And may enter in through the what? Gates into the city. So what must be done in order to enter into the gates of the heavenly city? Follow the commandments. Amen. Now, I want you to look at the pink papers here. Very good. Follow the commandments. Notice what it says here. The, the condition. Do you notice that? From the book Amazing Grace. Following this text in Revelation 22:14, it says here, the condition of eternal life is now just what it always has been. Just what, is, what it was in paradise before the fall of our parents. Notice what it says. It says, perfect obedience to the law of God. Perfect righteousness. Believe what I'm saying? Let me say amen. 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 Notice the next paragraph. The law of God will be satisfied with nothing short of perfection, of perfect and entire obedience to all its claims. To come halfway to its requirements and not render perfect and thorough submission and obedience will avail nothing. <laughs> look, at the next, look at the next one. Very good. Can we do that? Notice what the Bible says in Romans 3.23. The Bible says next, For all have what? Sinned and come short of the what? Glory of God. So according to the Bible, all of us have sinned. You believe that? Let me hear you say amen. And if the requirement to get into heaven is perfect obedience to heaven, on our own, beloved, is anyone of us here going to make it? How many think you're going to make it, see, on your own? Because perfect obedience, 100% perfect obedience and thorough obedience is required. 
submission in, to make it into heaven. Blessed are those who keep the commandments of God. Then my next question is, if all have sinned, we don't have the perfect obedience, or we ever have, how will anyone, one of us, be saved? Where is the solution? The solution, beloved, is found in the righteousness of God. Amen? You see, the righteousness of God is life. Why? Because the righteousness of God fulfills all of the good requirements for perfect obedience to all of the commandments of God. Amen? And a person who has the righteousness of God, who receives it in their life, would then have thus received the and fulfill all of the requirements to get into heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's why we need to seek the righteousness of God this morning. You believe what I'm saying? Let me hear you say amen. So the next question is, we know we need this righteousness. But will any type of righteousness do? Turn to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. We know we now need righteousness because righteousness is the ticket. It's going to get us through the gates of heaven. But is any type of righteousness sufficient to get me through the gates of heaven? 64 verse 6, the Bible says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as what? Filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. This is not just any righteousness we're to seek after. The Bible says, His righteousness. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. So man's righteousness, women's righteousness is completely worthless. My righteousness, your righteousness is completely worthless. In other words, any right doing that we do without the converting power of God in our lives is completely worthless. So you believe what I'm saying? Let me hear you say, Amen. And if our righteousness is worthless, should we seek after our own righteousness? No. Look at the back page. Top, education, culture, the exercise of the will, human effort, all have their proper sphere. But here they are powerless. They may produce an outward correctness of behavior, but they cannot change the heart, the inside. They cannot purify the springs of life. There must be a power working from within, a new life from above, before men can be changed from sin to holiness. That power is Christ. You see, education, being cultured, being refined, all of these things is not what God primarily wants in our lives. God does not want us to obtain merely the righteousness of man. 
You know, living, I hear people say this all the time. I'm a pretty good Christian. I go to church every week. But beloved, being a pretty good person, doing a lot of good things, going to church every week is not sufficient righteousness to get us into heaven. Do you see that? No matter how good you've been, <coughs> excuse me, no matter how good you're going to be, no matter how good you currently are, there's no amount of righteousness that you do or will ever do or have done that's going to get you as a ticket into heaven. For whatever righteousness that you've done is not sufficient to make it into heaven. We must accept the righteousness of God that is encapsulated within Jesus Christ. It is not the righteousness of Keala that's going to get me to heaven. No matter how good, no matter how much people I help out, no how many homeless people I feed, no how many ministries I do, that's going to get me to heaven. And people say, well, I live a pretty good life, and I do this, and I go to church, I have a position. Beloved, all that righteousness is worthless. The only righteousness that has sufficient power to get us into heaven is the righteousness of God. You see, beloved, the standard is so high and it's set so high because it's a way to break righteousness by works. If we think that we can obtain the righteousness and it's a certain level, we think that we don't need Jesus. But the reason why it's so high is to show us that we all need Jesus Christ this morning. Amen? Look at the quote again in the pink paper. <coughs> the Bible says, I mean, says here in, in Review and Herald, Jesus rendered perfect obedience to the divine requirements and offered to the Father an unblemished offering. And notice what it says here. Those who believe in Christ as their personal Savior are made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen? Those who believe in Jesus Christ and receive the righteousness of God will become the righteousness of God in Him. They will receive the righteousness of God. And thus, when they obtain the righteousness of God, it is sufficient to meet the requirements to get into heaven. Then the next question is, we know the importance of righteousness. How do we obtain, receive this righteousness of God? Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 17 again, back to our first text. Romans 1, 17. The Bible says, For therein is the righteousness of God, Revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just, or in some versions say the righteous, is actually the same thing, and righteous is actually a better word. The righteous shall live by faith and works. Is that what it says? Are you sure? 
in your pink papers. It says, Add not thou unto his words, God's words, lest God he reprove you, and thou be found a liar. Add not to God's words this morning, lest God reproves me and be found a liar. The just or the righteous shall live by faith and faith alone. That's why it says in the next one, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, in the pink paper, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the what? Do we have to earn righteousness? It is the gift of God. It is something that is received and not earned. Righteousness is something that we do in order to get it from God, but it is a gift freely given by God. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. <coughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 3. We know it's a gift now. So right, we want to we seek righteousness because we know that's our ticket to heaven. So righteousness is what we need to seek first. And now we learn that this righteousness comes through faith. How do we get faith? Faith is a gift of God. Faith is a channel which we receive the righteousness of God into our lives. Now, where do we find this gift of faith? Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of what? How many people in this church, according to this text, has been given a measure of faith? Some? Most of you? Ah. Every single person, every man has been given, every person has been given a measure of faith. So faith is within the grasp of every single person in this church, whether you believe or you don't believe, whether you're just whether you're wicked, whether you're good, whether you're bad, whether you're righteous, or whether you're evil. Every single person has been given a measure of faith. The question is, will you exercise the faith and believe in, it, in what God has already given to you this morning? That's the question. Within this faith is there is the righteousness of God that is able to be unleashed within your life if you would only believe this morning. Now what are the Christians in the last days known for? Turn to Revelation chapter 14 verse 12. Revelation chapter 14 verse 12. This is the third angel's message talking about the last days when the beast's power is talking about 9 and 10 and 11. And then verse 12, the last remnant church. Notice what they're known for. The Bible says here, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that do two things, that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, what are some definitions of the word keep? Does anyone have it out there? What is it? To observe, to guard, 
to hold fast. What's that? Follow. Okay, to follow. In other words, we are to guard and hold fast the Ten Commandments, right? To keep them, to do them. But I want you to notice something else. If I gave you a $20 bill, $100 bill, make it better, $100 bill, and I gave it to you, and I say, keep it, and don't let anyone take it from you, what does that mean? And keep it, meaning that you're guarding it. You're holding on to it. You're protecting it, right? So when the Bible is saying here in chapter 14, verse 12, here is the patient of the saints. Here are they that keep two things, the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the faith of Jesus Christ. What the saying is that God has already given to everyone a measure of faith, right? And Satan wants to come and take it from you, right? That's right. So Satan wants to take it from you, right? So what you want to do is, God says to you, don't let somebody take it away from you, but you keep the faith of Jesus that's already been given to you. Amen? For free. So God says in chapter 14, verse 12, He says, here they in the last days is going to be a people who realize finally that God has given to everyone a measure of faith. And they are to keep, to hold on, and not Satan steal it away from them. To let Satan take it away from him or her. Everyone has been given a measure of faith. Now let's look at the text, the faith of Jesus. I want you to notice how it's worded. Here are they to keep the commandments of God and the faith, what? Of Jesus. Okay. Now if I was to say to you, I know Michael very well here. He's going to come true. You have to have faith in Michael. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? What is the definition of that? Meaning that you need to believe in Michael, right? You need to believe. It's on you, right? You have to believe, right? In Michael. Now, if I say to you that Michael has a very strong faith. You need to have the faith of Michael. <laughs> Meaning, whose faith is that? Your faith or his faith? His faith. Ah. So when the Bible says here, here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, it's saying that it's not telling us that we need to believe in Jesus as it all depends upon me, but it's what it's saying that you need to have and hold on to the faith or Jesus' faith that he had when he lived on this earth 2,000 years ago and exercised in this world. Do you believe what I'm saying? Let me hear you say amen. It's Jesus' faith. It's his faith that produced the righteousness of God, that lived a perfect life of obedience. The last day people in the last days will be a people who realize that there is a faith of Jesus, not a faith in Jesus. They realize that it's Jesus' faith. And if they have that been given to them, they must hold on and allow that faith, Jesus' faith, to live out Christ and live out his life within you and me this morning. Amen? And that's why, beloved, Jesus should be very precious to us. 
Because without Jesus, it is impossible to make it to heaven. Impossible. Because within Jesus' faith is encapsulated the righteousness of God. Within Jesus is what fulfills the requirements of perfect obedience. It is impossible to make it to heaven without someone surrendering their life to Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it's a life of them living, I'm a pretty good person. I do a lot of good things. I go to church every week. That is not sufficient righteousness to make it have. You need perfect obedience. But beloved, the good news is that perfect obedience is found in Jesus Christ. Amen? That is the good news, beloved. That is the wonderful news to all of us this morning. Let's look at the other part. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 28 to 29. John chapter 6. What do we need to do in order to work the righteousness of God, to do the works of God? John chapter 6, verse 28 to 29. <coughs> the Bible says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do? that we might work the works of God or have the righteousness of God. The disciples asked Jesus, what, what can we do? We want to have the righteousness of God. We want to work the works of God. What is it that we need to do? And notice what Jesus said in verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you, what? Believe on him whom he has, what? Sent. You want to do the works of God? You want to have the righteousness of God? You have to believe. You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. For if you believe, you will do the righteousness of God. You see, the righteousness of God does two things. The first thing it does is that it covers you. It fulfills the full requirements of perfect obedience in order to make it to heaven. It gives you the ticket to heaven. That's what the righteousness of God does. The second thing the righteousness of God does is that once you receive it, immediately after you've been saved by the grace of God, once you receive it, it would then transform you back into the image of God. Amen? It would transform, it would change your life. There would be changes within your life and my life. The very same moment that we receive the righteousness of God is the very same moment that we are saved by the grace of God. And also the very same moment that we receive the righteousness of God is the very same moment that the righteousness of God immediately begins to restore us, beloved, back into the image of God. Turn back to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Verse 17 says, For therein is 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, from moment to moment. It's like you're breathing. You breathe only one breath at a time. You depend upon God one moment to the next moment. And then it says here in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now the definition of hold means to hold back, to restrain. In other words, the wrath of God, the Bible says, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold back or who restrain the truth in unrighteousness. Look at your paper here. On the back. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the what? So who is the truth? Truth is a person. So in verse 17 it says, in, in 18, the wrath of God is viewed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold or restrain the truth or restrain Jesus Christ in unrighteousness. In other words, Jesus is the one that's seeking and saving the lost. He's searching after you and me. He's the truth. And the truth comes after you and is knocking on your door. And it wants to come in. But beloved, we are the ones who restrain the truth into unrighteousness. We hold back the truth. It's not that God is the one to blame, but it's by our own choices this morning that we will hold back Jesus Christ. This morning, how much do we need the righteousness of God in our lives today? How much do we need through the grace of God the assurance of our salvation today? How much do we need the power of God to transform our lives today, this morning? Beloved, it is the truth that is seeking and searching after us, hoping that we may receive Him into our lives. It is the truth that is knocking on the doors of our hearts, asking us to let Him come in. It is the truth that is pleading with us to believe that we may receive the righteousness of God this morning. Oh, beloved, why don't you allow the truth to do its work within you, to give you the righteousness of God this morning? This morning, my appeal to you is this. Do you see your need for the righteousness of God this morning? And thus, do you see a need for Jesus Christ this morning? Not one person will enter into heaven who has not accepted the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Not one person will make it through the gates who have not accepted Jesus in their life. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.